Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about how to thrive in chaos. And some of us do, and some of us actually feel good thriving in chaos. And I'm going to talk all about that today because it may feel really good at the time, but then what happens after is not so great. So let's dive right in. Okay. So There are those who come to me and they talk about literally thriving in chaos. And what I mean by that is, let's say you know that you have planned an event or you have an event coming up. You might be the one who waits till the last minute and it's like, oh my gosh, it all came together. Or you have a deadline at work and you are the one who is like, I work well under pressure. You might even procrastinate until that time comes. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I get my best ideas. I get my best thoughts. I, it, we're vibing. The energy is high. I feel like I'm thriving. I feel so good. This feels so productive. It's this like burst of energy, which is definitely fight or flight energy, but it's this burst of energy of like, this feels so good. You know, another way to describe this is basically when we don't have structure, right? Like when we are, let's say in winter break with our kids and we're like, oh, we don't really know what we're doing. And you almost feel out of control because there's not a structure. There's not a set schedule. I hands down in my younger years, fully, fully felt so much better when I was like, I love routine. I love getting on a schedule. I feel like I can thrive in a schedule. But those were the times where I was going so, so fast and I was doing so, so much because I was staying busy and active and getting things done and it felt so productive and good. And the problem with that type of feel good energy is what happens after that energy. So often, specifically my clients who are in a career and they're, they're high performing clients where it's like it's crunch time or they've had to pull together some marketing, you know, thing, or there's some kind of deadline. Okay. And they're like, gosh, that felt so good. But then they always come to me after and they are crashing and burning and not doing well. And the reason is because they have expended so much energy, even if that energy feels so, 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 so good, 
It's because we are feeding off of that fight or flight energy. We are taking it on. It's almost like dopamine hits, if you will, of like, ooh, that felt good. Yeah, that felt good. Yes, I'm so productive. Yes, I'm getting things done. But the problem with that is how much energy we are expending and then not giving back to ourselves within that time frame that a lot of times we crash and burn. And when I say crash and burn, we crash and burn hard. And that is when I get the clients who, or the humans who are yo-yoing. It's literally like a diet. It's like, I feel fantastic. Now I feel like crap. I feel fantastic. And now I feel like crap. And it's not just slightly feeling fantastic and slightly feeling like crap. It is literally the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And it is extremes. That's the best way to describe it. Okay. Now the other human of, and the the other idea I want to talk about today of like how to thrive in chaos is this is the one who actually doesn't thrive in chaos. This is the one who is craving peace and calm in their lives. And it's The human who is like, I literally cannot get my house clean. I turn around and it's a freaking mess again. I want my children to go to sleep and all I can do is snap at them at the end of the day because there's so much chaos with the splashing of the water and and them running all over when it's bedtime or throwing food on the floor or not listening to my request or this is the one who I want to speak to today of like, I want to help you understand how to thrive in chaos. And now the first version, the first person, if you will, that I spoke of, I want to help you thrive in that chaos too. But I want to help you to the point where you don't crash and burn at the end of that time frame, that you do feel good and you soak it in and you enjoy, but you also listen in to, okay, I feel that fight or flight energy. I know what this is. I know this is a dopamine hit, but... I need to really, really, really listen in and take care of myself along the way. The other problem with, let's call them example A, the first one I spoke of, is that your brain gets so used to functioning in that manner that your body literally craves that heightened state because you don't feel good otherwise. Like that's the dopamine hit. That's where it feels good. That's where you're on literally like a natural high but everything else feels really crappy and everything else feels really shitty and everything else feels just boring in your life. And so you almost end up seeking the chaos. You end up seeking the go, 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 go. That's the gas pedal, right? That, that pushing and going and, and, and running ragged. Okay. I was recently talking to a client who we were really diving deep and I was asking a lot of questions to kind of get to the crux of it. And he's actually male and him in particular he was like, yeah, like I'm like, I'm on from like the second I wake up, like I, I grab my phone, I start doing emails for work because I know if I get some done now, I don't have to do them later. And then I've tackled things. And then maybe I can be a little bit more present during, I don't know, breakfast before the kids go off to school. And I was trying to get down to it of like, but how do you feel? Like, does it feel good to grab for your phone? Does it feel good to like rev your engine with a phone and the emails the minute you wake up. And yes, I understand some of us have to do that. Like I I fully, fully respect that and get it. But I wanted to get to the core of like, does that feel good? Because he explained to me that when he has complete calm, when he knows the to-do list is actually done, he has such a black and white brain that he can turn his brain off and he can enjoy. He can really lean into the calm 
But what I want for him and what I want for all individuals is to enjoy the calm and work on that throttle within your everyday life, to enjoy that dopamine hit, but also enjoy the calm, to be able to say, okay, I need to rev my engine right now because I need this. This, this is requiring my attention. I need to go do the thing. But I want to also slow my butt down because I don't want to crash and burn at the end, right? And then for the other example, B, that other human who always feels like they're living in chaos and can never get a grip, like can never find the calm and they are just craving that calm so desperately. For those of you who are literally example B, this is some tough love. This is literally some tough love, but the only way you are going to find that calm is if you create it and give it to yourself. Let me explain a little bit more. I usually find that the individuals who are example B can never find the calm. It's constantly chaos and you turn around and there's more crap to do and the to-do list is never ending and you're always exhausted and you always feel like you're playing catch up and you always feel like you're doing for everyone else and never for yourself and you're on the bottom of the totem pole and Like, does that sound like you, you know, if that is you, I want you to look at how much of this is you doing for others when you feel like you should or need to be doing for others and you're not doing for yourself. Because most of the time, example B, that, that second human that I'm talking about, you can thrive in chaos, but you're so burnt out from never like never taking the calm, never giving yourself calm, never utilizing that, that break and saying, no, instead of me going out of my way to help so-and-so out, I'm going to ask them to come to me this time. I'm going to ask them to do the thing for me. Or I'm going to say, you know what? I really can't today. How about tomorrow? There is so much self-abandonment with that second example human that I've given because we are doing so much for so many that it definitely feels like you're chronically in chaos. It definitely feels like you are go, go, going and you can never find the stop button and you feel so guilty and you feel so shameful if you do take a moment of peace and quiet and joy for yourself. And the craziest thing about both of these examples, whether you are the one who really thrives off of that like excited energy and that chaotic energy of getting things done and really pushing the limits and going to the finish line, you know, and like having it all come together and it's like last minute and we did it and all the things as well as the one who is chronically going and always feeling like they're living in chaos and can never get a break. The problem with both of these humans is that both of these brains, if you will, is that Most of the time, when you do finally slow down, you don't know how to enjoy it. Now, I said my client, right? I just said to you, my client, if he gets all the to-do list done, his brain is so black and white, and a lot of male brains are more black and white than female brains. But his brain can shut off to the point where he's like, ah, right? That's fantastic. But he doesn't get that often. He doesn't get that enough. And so... What I want is to be able to weave in moments of calm, weave in moments where we can say, okay, how does this excited energy feel? It feels really good. It feels really good, but 
I can tell that I am dysregulated. I can tell that I'm heightened. I can tell that this is probably not going to lead to a really beautiful path down the road. I can tell that I'm probably going to get burnt out. I had a female entrepreneur who I worked with a while ago and she loved that energy. And we moved through so many cycles with her where the first time she was like, oh my gosh, I feel it. I crashed and burned so hard, but it felt so good. And like, that's when I come most alive, but it was such a hard crash that was so exhausting. And she didn't expect that crash. She didn't, she wasn't even aware or recognize that that's what was going to happen. Because if we don't understand the language of our brain, if we don't understand the nervous system, if we don't understand literally like what our brain and body is telling us, if we don't listen into it, we completely abandon it. We completely ignore it. And we completely focus on externally what everyone else is telling us to do around us or what we think feels good in our body, that revved energy. And because she cycled through a few of those events and different things within our time of working together, she really started to plug and play and and putting different breaks in there for her and recognizing, okay, if I just did this maybe a week or two ahead of time, I could actually enjoy an extended version of that. I could actually enjoy that excited dopamine feeling for a longer period of time. And yes, we can pull it together in a matter of final countdown moments. We, right. If there's a will, there's a way we always are going to figure it out and do it. But you may feel like you're getting your best creative thoughts. However, your brain and body is in that heightened state. So it's probably more offline than you really care to admit. And so when you're living and working from a creative brain state or parenting from a creative brain state, that is when you're going to be the most connected to your brain and body. That is when you're going to have the most mental health. That is when you're going to have the most connection to your children, to your partner, to your work, to your life, to your goals and your dreams. When I first started, and I don't talk about business that much, but when I first started this business, there was a heightenedness surrounding me. I also was going through a lot. It was, I mean, years ago, I was doing this prior to COVID, um, but I would say I really stepped my foot on the gas when COVID hit because of many different reasons, but I could feel that revved energy. And if you got Nadia on here to do the podcast with me, this one, she'd be like, oh yeah, I feel the difference. And I used to live from that space of let's push, let's go, let's do. And I would have so many talks with Nadia that like we'd set a decision on like where the business was going to go, what we were going to do. And then I would literally wake up the next day and be like, no, actually we're changing that. And I'm grateful for that energy. Don't get me wrong. It has led us to where our business is today because I listened in and I am someone who needs to think about it and process it. And when I can feel that doesn't feel right, I move on. It's like, why try something or why do something within the business if I think, no, that's not going to work. So we did a lot of shifting and changing and going and fast and like fast, fast and furious, fast and furious, fast and furious. Nadia was exhausted. I was exhausted. The whole team was exhausted. Like it was, it was not working. It was not working in my life. I was not as tuned into the kids as I wanted to be. And as I had been in the past, and it was almost like this tunnel vision. And when you get in this heightened state, when you get in this heightened state, 
I'm still talking about kind of example A, but when you get in this heightened state, you're so hyper-focused on the task, on the goal, on the vision, on the, on the thing, right? On the, the finish line that you literally ignore everything else around you. And if that's you, what ends up happening is you lose a connection with your children. You lose a connection with your partner. It almost feels like they are in the way of getting that goal accomplished, right? Because you are so tunnel visioned and you're utilizing that energy to step on that gas and go. But I can speak from experience and watching my clients do this of you can still have a beautiful life. You can still have a thriving business. You can still have a successful business by shifting that energy. And what I did was I listened into my body and I said, okay, I feel that heightened energy, but I know, and my female client did the same thing, but I know that if I expend all of this and I, I jump on that bandwagon, if I really play into this, if I really absorb all that energy and, and literally go down the rabbit hole and like zone in and like tunnel vision, if I do that, I know the human that's coming out on the other side of that. And the human that's coming out on the other side of that is one that melts down, one that's hysterical, one that just, because you haven't regulated your body along the way. You haven't even attempted to regulate your body along the way. And so your brain and your body will eventually say, enough, I've had it. And you will have, right, I said those extremes, the high highs and the low lows, you will have such a low and you'll be like, I don't know what's going on. And I, everything's wrong. And you, you'll just catastrophize your life. And it's such a yo-yo. It's so exhausting to live in that yo-yo state of being, of like, I'm on top of the world. Now I'm like at the bottom of the barrel. And so what I started doing was when I listened in and I could feel that revved energy, I said, okay, I'm heightened. I know I'm heightened right now. So I need to do some things to support my brain and body to not honestly expend all that energy. I need to tell my brain and body it's okay to slow down. I need to take time for me. So sometimes that looked like me slowing down and literally maybe even between clients or maybe even between some presentations that I would do or, or speaking gigs that I would do, I would go lay down on the couch because laying flat is very healthy and helps you regulate your nervous system. I didn't need to. I was like, I want to go. I got to do it. Like I wanted that, but I knew that I needed to listen in so that I could conserve and not crash and burn. And that has been the biggest game changer of my life. I am not kidding you. Literally the biggest game changer of my life. When I feel that revved energy, I don't just lean into it, I have caution when it shows up. And I still utilize it. I still enjoy it. I still feel like I'm on a high. I still do all the things, but I really take care of myself and know that I need extra rest during that time. Or I know I need to find some moments of calm for me so that I don't crash and burn. And that is how you end up living a beautiful life where you're thriving in the chaos, but it's not the chaos of the greatest race. It's the chaos of life. And it is a beautiful 
I hate the word balance, you know I do, but it's a beautiful balanced feeling of like, this feels okay. And it's not, this feels fantastic and I'm alive and I'm high on life, but it's, this feels really good. And I know that I'm also going to feel good in a few days too, or a week. Okay. Now I know I'm going back and forth because it really does play off each other, but example number two, person number two, what can you do to thrive in chaos? What can you do to not feel so burnt out, lost, alone, overwhelmed, spent, lack of joy, maybe even depressed, anxious, all the things, because let's be real, life is chaos. Like having children, if you are a parent, like your life is chaos. My life is 24 seven chaos. I was literally just talking this morning and I was like, okay, so since new year's, my dog almost, my second dog almost died. He had a surgery and then I got the flu and then Carter got the flu and then, or Charlie got the flu first and then I got it and then Carter got it. And now Eli's surgery and we went to New Orleans for Mardi Gras and like it's, it's nonstop. It has not stopped. And so juggling all of that, balancing all of that, finding a way to not crash and burn, not for me, even not having a flare with my Hashimoto's, like how do I do that? And the way in which I do that, it looks very similar to example A, which is I am unapologetic about taking care of me. I am unapologetic about taking time to regulate myself. I am unapologetic about caring for myself. And, you know, I want you to care for yourself as if you would a sick child. And we are not doing that. I'll give you a perfect example for me. Eli had his tonsils and adenoids removed this week. I have to wake up around the clock every three hours to give him medication so that his pain does not get out of control. So I figured out a way he's sleeping in bed with me. I've prepped the medicine for the 12 and three dose and the six dose. It is right by my bedside. I've turned the alarm on and I roll over, I wake him up, takes the medicine and we go back to sleep. And it maybe is like a 10 minute thing. Okay. Now my sleep is still disrupted. And for me and for every human, to be honest, sleep is literally sleep and water is your most important thing. So we got Charlie off to school this morning and then I went and Eli and I went back to bed and did I want to wake up and do a workout at home? Yeah, I did. Do I have an agenda and things to do today? Yes, I do. Like recording this podcast and recording reels and I have another podcast I'm recording in about 20 minutes with an awesome, awesome guest. But I unapologetically said, no, Brooke, you're going to skip a workout today because your body needs rest. And if you don't, you will crash and burn. And so I'm always looking ahead to say whether I can or cannot go to the event, whether I can or cannot do the thing, whether I can or cannot expend the extra energy, whether I can or cannot, you know, Maybe it's even sometimes read a book at the end of the night. It's, I love you guys, but tonight mom doesn't have a dinner. Or, hey, if we want to read a book, we're going to have to do that earlier on in the evening. I am literally always looking after me first. 
And that example B, that human that I gave you, I know if you're like, yep, that's me. I put everyone above me. I take care of everyone else. I make it easy on everyone else. I never give to myself. I feel so guilty and I feel so bad. And I, I, I'm like in the center of everything and I manage everyone else's schedules, but I'm the one that's like picking up the slack to make it all work. You're in the center, but you're the one that's never giving to yourself. That's why you're feeling like you're living in such chaos, but you're not thriving in that chaos because you're never taking care of yourself. And I do the opposite. I put myself first because if you are the hub of the home or if you are someone who, look, if you're widowed like me and you are the hub of the home and the financial provider and the caregiver and the emotional support, like if you're the everything, I don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. And that is the craziest thing that I believe that most of us don't recognize, understand, validate, or own, is that we are the most important. You yourself are the most important human within your life. You come first. Because if you are struggling, you will co-regulate with your family and you will co-regulate with your children and you will snap at your loved ones and you will not feel connected and you'll feel irritable and you won't want to be even intimate with your partner and you'll be grumpy and like there is such a domino effect. You know, I watched, I watched a reel, I don't know, sometime this week and it was from a different country. They definitely had an accent and they interviewed the parents and they said, if you could have, you know, dinner or lunch or a, a meal with anyone, who would it be? And these adults, I mean, shoot, these, these adults were like, I'll do Justin Bieber and I'll do, you know, this one and Marilyn Monroe. And, you know, they were saying all these people, you know, that they were like, oh gosh, I'd just love to sit down with that human. They took the kids and asked the kids the same question. Guess what the kids said? Over and over and over and over. The kids were like, can it be anyone? And they were like, oh, okay. Well, my mom, my dad, my parents, like they just want to be with us. They just want to be with you. But if you are so resentful and angry and not even enjoying the years that you're having with your children, that you're not even soaking in the moments, you're missing it and you're working so freaking hard. Now I have to toot my client's horn. I know I've talked about a bunch of different clients today, but one in particular who she would be that example B that puts everyone above herself. And I can't tell you the joy I feel inside and the excitement and the happiness I feel inside when she has been doing this work and applying it to herself. And I get a voice message and she's like, I just have to share with you a win. I had this event to go to and my son needed something that was at their dad's house. And I said, okay, well, I'll bring it over there. And then I thought to myself, you know what? I really need that extra time for me. And I decided to text their dad and say, hey, I have an event tonight. I really need some extra time. Is there any way you could come pick it up rather than me bring it to you? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we got it. No big deal. You would think that that's like no big deal. You would think that that's like, well, yeah, you just ask someone like, hey, can you pick this up rather than me bring it to you? But for her, it was a difference of about 40 minute drive, 20 there, 20 back. And she wanted and needed the extra time of rather than expending that energy of driving and doing more and more and more, that 40 minutes, she was able to go slower in her life. She was able to really lean into that chaos of life, which is always around you. But she 
felt like it was such a win for her. And I'm telling you, those small things will impact your life if you start putting yourself first and asking yourself, is that something I can do today? Is that something I want to do today? Is that something I need to do today? Can I release the to-do list? Because the to-do list will always be there. Do I really need rest rather than going to five different grocery stores to get all the gluten-free things, snacks, my kids a lot? Like, what are some things that you can do to take things off your plate? And you may be listening to this and thinking, you know, no, like you don't understand. Like, I don't know where to take from. I don't know what to, to pull from so that I can give to myself. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull the card. And I don't think I've ever pulled the card before. But like, if I can do it as a widowed solo parent who is the financial provider and is the emotional caregiver and is making it all work while <laughs> not melting down and not having huge, huge burnouts like I used to, I know you can do it. Does it feel uncomfortable to ask someone else to help you out? Yes. Does it feel uncomfortable to say, no, I'm not going to do that today? Does it feel uncomfortable to finally give to yourself when you have abandoned yourself for so long? You bet. It feels so wildly uncomfortable. And I got a question the other day in my Q&A stories of like, how do I find self-love for myself? That's how. You find self-love for yourself by putting yourself first. You find self-love for yourself by giving back to yourself, by saying no, by not doing the thing, by asking for help, by giving yourself moments of calm, by checking things off the to-do list, by not even doing them at all and saying that can wait. That's how you thrive in the chaos of life, which will always be there, always but allowing yourself, like that was a win for her because it felt so good to be like, I am so worthy. That is how you fall in love with yourself. That is how you find self-worth, self-love, because you finally have started to choose yourself. And it doesn't make you a bad person for choosing yourself. It doesn't make you a weaker individual. It makes you a strong human for being able to own your mental health, being able to own what you can and cannot do. I do not care what other people are doing. I don't care if you're running yourself ragged. Are you happy? Does that take time to release that? Because we believe as a society, we should be go, go, going? Yes. But living in the chaos and thriving in the chaos means taking care of yourself along the way and owning the fact that you are worthy enough to take care of yourself along the way, whether you are example A or example B, it is okay. And speaking from experience, like I said, when you begin to do that, whew, you will no longer feel those high, 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 high highs and low, 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 low lows that the lows just feel so crappy to the point where you're like, what is wrong with me? Is something wrong with me? I think I'm depressed or I think I'm like, it's really not, it's so uncomfortable so I want you to take this and start thinking about how you want to live your life, how you want your life to look within the chaos of life, because it is always chaotic. But there is a way to do this life. There is a way to do this life without crashing and burning. There is a way to put yourself first, even in the most strenuous of moments, even in the most strenuous of circumstances. And it is okay to lean into that rabbit hole of taking care of yourself and listening in 
to, do I really feel like doing that? Or is that like something I think I should do? And yeah, no, I'm not going to do that today. So until next time, start taking care of yourself. XOXO, Dr. B.